it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In this league presents the NFL Draft Prospect Podcast. You like that? You like that? In this war room. Chug it, chug it, football. Here's your host, Scott Bogman. Welcome back to the War Room, everybody. I'm your host, Scott Bodman. Follow me on the Twitter, at Bodman Sports. I'm joined, as always, by CK at C-O-P-I-E-P-S on the Twitter machine. And we're going to talk about the combine that just ended hours ago as we're recording this. Got some RAS scores. Got some impressive performances. Got some not-so-impressive performances. Got some weird off-the-field stuff. And, of course, what we all really wanted from the draft we have rumors, tons and tons mm-hmm. of rumors, tons and tons of uh, probably a lot of smoke signals, but some, uh, you know, non-draft stuff in there also that could be impacted. And of course, we will continue our team needs series with the AFC North. So CK, it was a fun weekend of watching the underwear Olympics. So are you uh, are you sad that it's over or are you happy that it's over is kind of the question. I guess I'm happy that it's over at this point. You get to this point, you get so excited, but I can only sit and watch men run in a straight line in their underwear so many hours, right? And so yeah. uh, it's enjoyable to watch. I'm not saying that, but now we start getting to like the fun part here. We hear pro days. And then like you mentioned, we were talking off air here. We hear interviews and we can really start to, to like lock some of these teams into what their real needs are and what they think they need when we start to hear who are they interviewing, who are we talking to? And then we can learn more about what the teams want. Yeah, we got free agency coming up on March yeah. 15th in the... Uh, the uh, deadline franchise for franchise tag deadline, tags huh? is tomorrow as you're listening to this. So uh, we've got a ton going on, but let's start out with the combine itself. We had a couple of stuff to start. Uh, JL Skinner tore his pec training on Friday. So he interviewed, but unfortunately he didn't get to run any of the test. Uh, the big safety out of Boise state. Um, I guess I say big safety. He hits like a big safety, but he's not that big uh, of a safety. Uh, then Zach Evans, uh, no drills with a hamstring injury. Uh, we had other guys not performing and then Jalen Carter CK was the talk of the town because there was a car wreck a couple, um, months ago, I guess, where, uh, Georgia player and a coach passed away. And now it looks like Jalen Carter was racing that car that spun off. And then he drove away, which is, you know, uh, big no, no. So, he w- had a warrant out for two misdemeanors, so he returned to Georgia and uh, was released and is currently in the process of, you know, getting that dealt with. But 
that is enormous because there are teams that are just straight going to take Jalen Carter off of the board until that stuff gets straightened off. And then even, even some teams, um, you know, will probably still keep him off the board because of this. So, um, you know, Ian, or excuse me, um, someone who was it, uh, Todd McShay had reported a couple months ago that there were character quote unquote character issues with Jalen Carter. There were a lot of, you know, reports out refuting that saying that he gave money to a couple of his teammates who didn't have meal plans and stuff like that. And then this happens. So it's real bad news and it could shake up the top of the draft, right? I think it clearly moves Will Anderson ahead of him as far yes. as top. Cause we always said there's really two no miss prospects, right? Will Anderson, Jalen Carter. Well, Will Anderson now doesn't have this where yeah. two people died and he lied to the police. Now misdemeanors are misdemeanors, but you know, he's going to have to answer questions now because he left the combine, didn't, didn't interview, had to, had to go back. Cause like you said, warrants were out for his arrest. So he had to be there and we'll learn more. I don't, we don't know a whole lot right now. We'll learn more, but you know, instantly everybody wanted to talk about, you know, the Laramie Tunsil and the gas mask. And that was the night of the draft. This is during the months combine before. Yeah. This and is months this before. And that was something like he was smoking pot. I mean, that was smoking cares? pot, right? That's not yeah. two people dying. And then there's, you mentioned uh, Gary and Conley. You brought that one up. I forgot about yeah. that one. That was a couple days before the draft. And he was accused of rape. I don't believe, I think he was found not guilty, but the Raiders still yeah. took him in the first round. And then the other one is like Lyle Collins, right? Who we'll talk about today with the Bengals. Lyle Collins ended up getting not drafted at all. I don't remember even what his what his concern was, but he got, got drafted with an off the field concern. So I think that was domestic violence thing. That that's what I was thinking too. Was it through. something with a fight? And um, yeah, but and that's more will come out. But now Jalen Carter has a question that he didn't have a week ago. Now it's a character concern, and then there was reports that you know he was he likes to race cars and he likes to drive fast, and so now he's just got to answer questions. And I don't know if it'll be enough. I don't think he's going to drop out of the first round, but I also don't think that he's. He's certainly not the surefire prospect he was a week ago. There's certainly, like you said, there's teams yeah. that will not deal with that. Yeah, absolutely. There are teams that will just, like you said, straight up take them off the board. We want, we don't want to deal with this. And one of the guys that we're going to invest a bunch of money in, you know, so uh, you think that teams that have been burned by stuff like this before Raiders, I'm looking at you uh, probably taking him off the board. You know, That's a good so. one for a comparison because the Raider, the, the player that comes to mind as far as racing cars and having issues is Henry Ruggs, Henry right? Ruggs, That's yeah. the one that really comes to mind is liking fast cars and having issues with it. And I think his was driving drunk. We don't really know about Jalen Carter if it was drunk or not. I, the, the person that died was drunk. We know that. So, yeah. The, the Raiders and the Bengals are the two teams that popped to my mind. And the Bengals have really changed that. They mm -hmm. haven't done a lot of that recently, but of course there's the same, there's a team that took Lyle Collins and paid him some money. Uh, you know, they had Vontez perfect. Who was a known problem at Arizona state. They drafted him. Uh, you know, Chad Johnson was a bit of a loud mouth and obviously his stuff was more, uh, post football or at the very end of his career, but he had, uh, some stuff at the end and Joe Mixon, you know, Joe Mixon, who they're most likely to cut now, what it seems like, because they got to give all of his money to Joe Burrow. Uh, but, uh, you know, and they'll roll with whoever else. But, um, yeah, I mean, those are teams that uh, have not had an issue taking guys with uh, character concerns coming in. You know, there's all this stuff that crops up before, you know, and like, look, you know, young men driving fast is not the most shocking 
you know, thing that, that you've seen or even driving like idiots. I mean, I see it every day and plenty of people that are not in the NFL drive like morons, but yeah, I mean, that is when you lie to the police and something like that has happened, it's a tough look and he's got a lot of work to do in the next six weeks to try to get his stock back up and uh, near the top end of the first round. Like I, like you said, I, there's no way he's just too talented to slip out of the first to bring um, it back to the draft though. Now, mm -hmm. Before this, you know, you'd, you'd say he's pretty much guaranteed top five. So unless you're in the top five, I mean, you you scout him, right? But you don't really think you have a chance. Now every team has to at least do their due diligence on Jalen Carter because there is a chance he's there when your Steelers pick at, is it 17, 15? Yeah. There's a chance he's there, right? So before the Steelers had, we didn't think much of a chance to draft Jalen Carter. But now every team should be going and talking to Jalen Carter and figuring out what's going on here because we don't know how far he'll, how far he'll slip. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's going to be, it could be nothing. It, he mm -hmm. could slip, he could slip, uh, pretty significantly. So we'll have to wait and see and, uh, all of that. And you know, when stuff like this happens, people start digging, they start digging for other stuff. Let's go and try to find other things, you know, uh, other guys, you know, uh, Stetson Bennett had to answer a lot of questions, Georgia. There's a big talk about Georgia right now because Georgia has had like nine players arrested this off season already. And it has not been the off season for very long, two months right now for them. So uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on there, but let's get into the rest of the draft. CK, what else did we see? Are we going to go by position here? Let's go by position. So we could talk about Tyson Bajan, who I thought had a pretty good combine, but let's just keep it to the big four quarterbacks who what we've talked about here. The, First interesting thing we all wanted to see was how tall is Bryce Young going to be, right? That's been the question. Mm -hmm. We we took the under. I believe you had 5'10 and a half. We took the under, came in 5'10 and 1'8, and he got to 204 pounds, which is unbelievable to me. But <laughs> Eating a lot of food recently. Yes, yeah. that's what it feels like. Because you know he's not playing at that. There's no way Bryce Young is playing at over 200 pounds. I, and yeah, 195. That's sure. Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, 5'10 and a 10th is, we knew he was tiny. We've always said it was tiny. He didn't do anything, I think, other than measuring it. He didn't do any of the throwing or agility drills. He'll do that at Alabama's Pro Day, but it is what it is. We knew he was going to be short. He's short. Yeah. It, yeah. It's really not that big a deal. No. You know, he, he didn't do a lot of the other stuff, whatever. Like, look, he's not the teams that had him at one before, you know, even with Anthony Richardson having the insane. Yeah. Uh, you know, 10 RAS score, only two guys in this combine scored 10 on their relative athletic score. That's what RAS is. And Anthony Richardson was one of them. He set, uh, you know, uh, combine records for the 40 time at quarterback and the broad jump at, at uh, quarterback, I think also did and the vertical and yep. the vertical. So he set three, uh, combine records for QBs and he was getting buzzed before this. And I think that was Vegas recognizing this dude is going to go up and absolutely tear the combine apart. Let's get ahead of this. So he went from plus 5,000 at the beginning of January to be the number one overall pick in the draft. He is now plus 300. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you go from 50 to one to three to one and uh, you are definitely turning some heads. He's a freaky athlete. We knew that. I've always said, I don't understand why the Will Levis hype was there when Anthony Richardson can be everything that Will Levis is, but more. He's he's a better athlete than Will Levis. He's got freaky athleticism. He proved it all. He measured as big as we thought. He ran as fast as we thought. And now it becomes, what are you really, because we can talk about fit with some of these teams, right? Because let's talk, let's throw CJ Stroud in there. He did exactly what he needed to he do. Was great. He threw the ball. He threw the ball fine. 
CJ Stroud to me is like your safe option, right? If I'm the Raiders and I already have Devontae Adams and assume they keep Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller, I think I just want someone solid. And that's CJ Stroud. Now, Anthony Richardson, you're shooting the moon. If you want to try yeah. to hit hit the high upside player, you take Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young. Once again, you know what you're getting. I think CJ Stroud might be even more safe, but Bryce Young is going to be really good, I think, in the NFL. And it just depends what you want out of one of these quarterback needy teams, right? Almost the health of your franchise, right? Like if you guy, if your franchise is right there and you're, you know, quote unquote, a quarterback short or what I like to call the Minnesota Vikings permanently, right? Uh, that is what they've like almost always been is we're a quarterback away. We're a quarterback away. Um, you know, that, that type of stuff. If that is where you're at, you want a guy that can come in like CJ Stroud, that's going to be cheap and under contract. And you're immediately in that window to win. All you need is him to take a little bit of a step up or, you know, have a good push in the playoffs or whatever it is like it. But your window is that, you know, four years to five years of the contract for that first round guy. If your franchise is DOA this year, you're the Carolina Panthers, you know, you're yes. clearly not uh, competing. Then you want a guy like Anthony Richardson, who you can build your team with and you know you're going to keep him even after that gigantic contract extension that's going to eat up a lot of money that teams like Kansas City, the Green Bay Packers are in right now. It's a good problem to have because you know you have a franchise quarterback. So um, I think it almost depends on the health of your, the current health of your organization as to which quarterback you want. Because if you're the Texans, sure, Bryce Young is super, um, the, the floor is enormous with him. It's very, very high, but your upside is higher with Anthony Richardson. It just is. Now, the chances of him getting to his ceiling are way lower than Bryce Young hitting his ceiling, but, um, you know, it's a possibility, and you know you're not going to be competing for the next couple of years, so it might be the best idea for them to do it, but it seems right now that they like Bryce Young and that yep. we might get a trade with the Bears and the Texans pretty quick here. Uh, we'll see, but. You know, one thing I did read, CK, was that just nobody was talking about Will Levis at the draft, which is mm -hmm. pretty concerning. So I, it looks like right now, if one of the QBs is going to take a little bit of a fall, which we don't expect, you know, I don't expect, uh, I think all these guys are going inside the top 10, but if there is one that falls, maybe it would be Levis. Yeah, I think he's, he didn't throw. He didn't do the agility drills. He did the actually did the jumping drill. I think he didn't do like the three coners, some of those the the forty yard dash. And it, he's just kind of in this weird spot where he he had such so much hype a month ago, and then he didn't come to the Senior Bowl, which I know he he said his foot was bothering him, and I'm I'm not going to call him a liar. He very well could be, but sure. that that didn't help him. And then he comes here and he doesn't run. And C.J. Stroud looked great throwing the ball, and Bryce Young looked great throwing the ball, and Anthony Richardson threw the ball 50 yards without stepping. Like he, I mean, he's got a cannon. We've said that stuff. And Will Levis is just—he's just there. He's not doing a whole lot, and it's people are passing him by. Now, I agree with you. I don't think if he starts to fall, a team like Washington probably says, "Okay, well, we want to yeah. move up and take him," right? Right. Because I think there's still enough upside with Will Levis, but at this point, if I'm still enough QB needy teams too. Sure. So. Yeah. I still, if I'm handicapping this, I think it's. Bryce Young first for me as far as who's going to get drafted. Bryce Young first. Anthony Richardson probably goes second. I think a team's going to really want to take Anthony Richardson high. The Colts at this point seem more likely to take Anthony Richardson now than Will Levis, which is what we all thought. 
and that's then CJ Stroud go early. And then I think Will Levis goes fourth. That's, that's where I'm at yeah. right now. Yeah, I think so too. And I think, you know, uh, Carolina could move up and Seattle has kind of, you know, entered the chat, uh, as it says, uh, as it is said, you know, um, because Gino ain't going to be there forever. Like, sure. Maybe you want Gino for the next year or two, but is that, should that keep you from getting a guy like Anthony Richardson now, if you want him, because right now they are, have a top five pick, they got another pick at 20 and they have the horses to move up if they want to right so, to get their guy so jumping into one of the rumors that we can talk about it here because they asked john schneider who's the gm of seattle at i think it was the very first day of the combine you know if you're committing to gino with a long-term deal why are you would you still take a quarterback in the draft and his quote was they don't they don't grow on trees there's yeah. only so many good quarterbacks and we've talked about that there's 32 nfl teams that does not mean there's 32 starting nfl quarterbacks so there's if you like think you can get maybe yeah, yeah exactly so if you think anthony richardson is it we said we don't really want to start Anthony Richardson. I'd start Gino yeah. over Anthony Richardson for a year, but Absolutely. and then after that, you change you change it up, right? You say, okay, Anthony Richardson, you had a year to develop. Let's go. So, yeah, I think it's more likely now than I thought it was. We only we talked about them a couple weeks ago, and I thought, well, I think you're just going to go with Gino at this point. But yeah, he's right. They do. There's only so many quarterbacks, even though you got to start 32 of them. It doesn't mean there's 32 starting quarterbacks that should be playing. And it doesn't mean they're definitely going to do it either. It's huh. what you just said: due diligence. You have to. You have to put the work in. You have to go in and say, all right, we've exhausted every possibility here. Uh, we know what these guys are, and we're either moving forward with a plan to get them, or we say we like what we have. These guys aren't going to change our franchise. We'll fill in at other spots. So so, so those know, four quarterbacks, Boggs, those four quarterbacks mm -hmm. we're talking about here, the, the four teams that have said, you know, we want to take a rookie. We got the, the Raiders, the Panthers, the Colts, and the Texans. I think... The Colts make sense for Anthony Richardson, right? We just said that. The Texans yeah. make sense for Bryce Young. Mm -hmm. Panther, the Raiders make the most sense for CJ Stroud. I think we gave him to them in our yeah. in our mock. And then the Panthers, Will Levis. I, I guess if that's who they like, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. Will Levis is a is a pretty big gamble. So you see that he doesn't uh, like milk. Yeah, what is that all about? I I can't. Okay, first of all, uh, <laughs> this is the weirdest rumor that I've ever heard, and it's not that he doesn't like milk. CK, it's that he is deathly afraid, deathly afraid of milk. Like he doesn't want to be around it. He won't be in the same room as milk. this. Is, now, I don't believe this, right? Like this is what the rumor is right mm -hmm. now. Uh, but but I also like this is such a weird rumor to start. Like, you know, and isn't there milk in like everything? You know, so I mean, anytime you bake, you pretty much need it, right? So I, yeah. I don't know what he's doing, but I, I, like you said, I don't know if I believe that one. It came out, and I was like, "Is this an onion article?" But it, eh, it's yeah. hard to imagine that one. We know he's weird with his meal and coffee. He did address that. I saw, and he said it was like a he was out to eat with his girlfriend, and the only thing on the table was mayo, and she basically said, "Just try it," and he did. And he's like, "Oh, it's ain't bad," but it's only done it once. So at least yeah. we got an update on the mayo and coffee situation. Yeah, it's just a weird quirk. It's just dumb, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, just as far as Will Levis goes, I've seen people saying, "What is he? What is he trying to hide?" And that's never good. So he he's got to go out at his pro day and sling it and uh, look good and, and do good in the interview process. He's still gonna get bit be picked very very high, and he can thank Josh Allen for that because he has the Josh Allen prototype body. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think he's anywhere close to Josh Allen in terms of talent, but he could be a solid quarterback. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. Let's go to running backs who ran today, 
Um, what stood out for you among the running backs here? Obviously, Bijan. Uh, having a pretty high RAS score. Didn't score 10, a little disappointed in that. But I think it was like a 996 or something. He's still very high. Yeah, he's he certainly didn't hurt himself. He's still the number one running back. Like we all expected, he's still a first round pick. Actually, I was pretty imp- more impressed with Jameer Gibbs. He didn't come in very tall, 5'9", but 4'3", That's faster than I thought he was. And I thought he was fast. He was fast. Yeah. That is flying low for him. So... I thought that was a great sign for Jameer Gibbs. I think we've we put him at the back end of the first round. I still think he could go in the back end of the first round. He's a better player than Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who got picked back there a couple of years ago. So I, I think that's possible. Otherwise, somebody's going to get a very good pick early day, too, on Jameer Gibbs. The, you know, it's, it's funny that his RAS, because of his height and weight, uh, came in like right around average, 795 for Gibbs, um, even though he ran so fast. And then, you know, Daneric Prince had the highest RAS at 984, then Bijan at 981. So kind of crazy for Gibbs, just because he's a little lighter than expected, but he's an Alvin Kamara clone. I mean, mm-hmm. that's DJ even said that in the booth during the combine and uh, made me feel good because that's the guy I've been comparing him to forever. So, uh, yeah, Kamara uh, and Gibbs, a lot, a lot alike. Here's one that should make you happy because we heard Devon A-Chain talk about, and I thought he could do it too. I thought he could get into the four twos because I've seen him play. He's a world-class sprinter. And then he went out and he ran a still very fast, but I don't want to overly say this is not fast, but for a guy, his size, we expected him to go faster because he ran four, three, two, which is nothing to sneeze about, but he also weighed in at five or came in at five, eight and a half, 188 pounds. That's not big. And so we've no. already said he was going to be limited to probably a offensive weapon role. And I think that just solidified it. I think 10 to 12 touches a game is all you want him touching the ball at this point. Yeah, he's a role player. He could be a very good role player. Um, and maybe I guess if he puts on some weight, he could be better than a role player. I don't ever want to rule too much out for a guy. But I think when you look at him and like you said, his size and his speed, you know, now I will say this last year. Remember, the gun was hot. And everyone was running four twos and and all that stuff. And then they had to adjust it a couple days later. And it was just very strange. This year, the gun has been uh, slow. It's been a little bit slow. So that might come in. His first one might come in at four two nine when everything's said and done. We'll see in the next day, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, he's a fast dude. But like you said, he's a role player. And also, we don't like guys from AM. So I think that's the main thing to take away from that. And we can forget about Devin A. Chain. I got one more for you because I know you're a Chase Brown guy and I was pretty impressed with Chase Brown's athletic testing numbers. I did not expect, I think he had the highest vertical jump of any of the running backs at 40 inches, which the vertical jump, you know, you're not jumping often, but it shows explosiveness, like your yeah. ability to explode out. And, and to I was, push a pile. Yeah. yeah to push a pile. I, I was impressed with Chase Brown. I, I was sort of lukewarm on him, but I think he's a back end of the second day guy now. Well, I think the, the nice thing about guys that take a lot of carries uh, at, the collegiate level for power five programs specifically is that they show that they can do the work they can do, uh, you know, the, the hard running between the tackles, uh, that they've done it before. Chase Brown had a rough week in mobile. He looked bad, you know, uh, didn't look good in one-on-one competition, which is bigger to me than the combine is that I think what he did for himself today is made it so that he's like a sixth or seventh round pick. Okay. So I think he's pushed himself back into the draft where he was before 
maybe sliding out because there's a lot of good running backs. And, you know, we never even talk about Prince from Tulsa and he had the highest RAS score, you know, so uh, he's outstanding. Ty J was pretty good. You know, um, there are a lot of, of running backs and, and I'm, it's funny cause I'm doing my like deep dive final pre-draft rankings. I just started that, uh, this week to get, try to get them done. Like, you know, two weeks before, uh, the, the draft happens. And I started at running backs and, Oh, good God. Do I love watching Ty J Spears play? I told you, man. Oh, Lord. I, told you, I mean, dude. you know, USC is outstanding. Like we knew that game was good, but, uh, I mean, he is as quick as a hiccup. So uh, I'm, I'm not not done, obviously, uh, there. And I haven't got to Chase yet, but, I mean, Chase was great. And he was the whole offense, and the defenses knew he was coming, and he still beat most of them. So, you know, he's he's definitely a guy that can grind it out, and th- it's great. It's great that he got himself a, a good combine because, you know, uh, when the chips fall, it's let's just look better, good more times than we look bad. So uh, hopefully he'll have a good pro day and interviews well. And I think he'll get drafted and have a role somewhere. So mm-hmm. let's move to receiver, huh? Yeah, let's, let's go. talk. Let's start with Tank Dell. He's come up a lot on the podcast here. I know our buddy Xavier, when he saw him at the senior bowl was, was starting to talk about pushing him into the back end of the first round. And I not a huge fan of that idea. And then I don't know the, the, the measurements and then the the running were, I thought, disappointing out of him. He's only 5'8", 165, which, once again, we knew he was small. I'm not going to knock him again for it. But 4'49 at that size with a 1'49", 10 yards, he's got to be quicker than that, right, to open up? Yeah, that was um, – if you're going to if you're gonna come in at uh, a size so small, you want to have a blazing, blazing speed. But I don't know that he does it so much – with blazing speed you know i i think um he does it more on uh like i think he's a guy that the three cone drill is important for you know uh did he run that do, do we not. uh i wish no. he would have that's the he one you should right. have run that one man like because I, I think he would have been really good in it and i think that's the thing that you want is like with a little guy like that you want him to be able to snap off a route you want him to be do what marquise brown does you know what i mean where you you when you get in your stance when you're running man you get in your stance and you're pushing that cornerback so he is trying to run with you and then you snap your route off like your lateral movement that is way more important for a little dude like him than just straight line speed like we know he's pretty fast so uh but yeah a a, a disappointing combine for a couple of these uh, guys that we expected to just blaze uh and they did not and he was one of them i thought the the receivers as a whole were were fine. I wouldn't say any of them overly thrilled me. Now, we'll talk about JSN because you just brought up the three-cone drill. He set record, I believe, as the fastest three-cone drill ever, 6.57 with a 3.93 shuttle, which is unbelievably fast. <laughs> now, we didn't see him run the 40-yard dash, and I don't. I think that was probably a good call because yeah. he's not straight-line quick. We've said that. He's not but a straight-line burner. He's but looking he's, at 4.49 or 4.5. Yeah, 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 and that and you're just like, okay, well, that's not good for him, but that's not how he wins. He wins. You're just talking about it with his lateral agility. And that's what the three cone proved for me to him. And so I'm back on JSN as, as a first round pick for sure. And just, you just know that he has limitations, right? He's probably going to work ideally in the slot most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's probably a slot guy. Um, but I think he can work outside too. It's just, you know, uh, it, it'll take him a little bit, but yeah, I mean, you know, looking at the wide receivers, 
I don't know. Did anybody really stand out? I, I mean, Bryce Ford Wheaton, we talked about off air, uh, you know, the dude from the postman, Ford Lincoln Mercury there. Uh, I remember, I thought he was going to be uh, pretty good. I was excited to, when I get to wide receivers, to get into more depth on his film because I remember him crushing the Longhorns. And we went back and looked, and he had like nine for uh, 92 against Texas. And then that opening game against um, Pitt, he was great in that one too. So uh, I, I saw those two games, and then I looked at the rest of his game log, and he had like one other good game. <laughs> he had 11 for 152 against Kansas. And then after that, a lot of five for 50s and four for 40s and three for 38 and all that kind of stuff but obviously not a lot of great quarterback play at West Virginia uh, this year, but he had the best RAS score out of anyone. So I guess we could call him and maybe uh, our boy, Eric Froton, Jonathan Mingo had a good one. Your guy, uh, how do you call, what, how do you say his name? I, I, Savas, I, Savas, Yoshevis, yo, oh, God, like Yoshi. I was, yeah, I was yeah, screwing man. it up. That's okay. Uh, Yoshevish uh, from Princeton. He had a good one. Nine, nine, two RAS score. Um, and I mean, he did a lot of his scoring on there with his height at six, three, mm -hmm. but he benched 19 reps, four, four, three at six, three, um, 20 yard split was great. 10 yard split was one, five, two. I mean, uh, ran an elite, uh, three cone and shuttle drill, all that stuff. 38 inch vert. Like that guy, he's got some moves too. That's what you got to do if you're if you're from Princeton. You got to crush the combine, right? You got to do well at the Senior Bowl, and he did fine. We know the brains there. Yep, yeah, you got to crush the combine. <laughs> and so, yeah, I thought he did well. I was impressed by Trey Palmer. I think Trey Palmer is what we want Tank Dell to be. He's six foot tall, and he runs four three three speed, and he can cut. I was impressed by Trey Palmer. Uh, Quentin Johnston was okay. I think it was perfectly fine. I don't think it helped him any. So we talk about Keishon Butte. Because the testing looks poor. It looks bad. He didn't run fast. He didn't cut fast. But if you watch the... the So there's the testing and then there's drills, right? Yeah. The gauntlet drill. And he looked... He just plucked the ball out of the air. He looked so smooth. He ran in a perfectly straight line. I was like, wow, that's the Keishon Boutte that I remember. Not this guy who can't run in a straight line, apparently. So we're back to a bunch of questions still on Keishon Boutte as to there's flashes of brilliance. And then there's these times where you're like, what is he doing out there? Why does he not look better? Yeah. I think, you know, there's so many LSU guys. We, I think we talked about this last week too. So many LSU wide receivers we've seen in the NFL, you know, that aren't Justin Jefferson and Jamar chase that had Joe Burrow to play with that. They had just this awful myriad of quarterbacks for like the last 30 years that have all been, piss poor from LSU, you know, not every single one, but you know, not a lot of NFL talent on uh, LSU with tons of NFL level wide receiving talent. I think that's part of it, you know, and also I think Keishon Boutte is kind of a little bit of a crybaby. I mean, how many times did we see him get rid of all the LSU stuff on his social media? And we had to hear that stupid report like three or four times. So I think, this is a guy that uh, the biggest question for him is not talent. I, we, it's, we see it. It's on film, you know, but it's want and attitude. Like that is how much do In you want to play football? Yeah. How much are you going to be a big crybaby when the ball isn't coming your way? Because look, when AJ Brown cries on the sideline, nobody cares because he's AJ Brown. But 
if you're not AJ Brown, you don't have that level talent. And you know, if you're a middle line wide receiver and you're crying on the sideline, we'll just cut you. There's you're a dime a dozen at this point. So, you know, I think if he gets motivated, which he should be, you're getting away from you, wherever you go, you're going to have a better, you're going to have way improved quarterback play. So, um, you quit being a crybaby. You got to take it seriously. And, uh, you got to reach your peak. If you're this close, you got to reach out and get it. So that's, that's what we're looking for, for with booty. I think more than the talent because the talent's there. So, uh, I don't care so much about the numbers. I care that he didn't take it seriously. It seems like, um, so that, that's what I care about more than the actual numbers because the dude can play. Can we talk about one more guy who I know you're a big fan of, and that's Josh Downs. So yeah. Josh Downs comes in at five, nine, one seventy one, which is, that's really small. Again, one seventy one yeah. is thin, but I know, I think it was you who posted a video in the, in the group me room about yeah. how, how much you love the film on how he goes up and competes for the ball. And I've been kind of lukewarm on Josh Downs. So sell me on Josh Downs. What are we, what are we getting out of him? I, you know, uh, the height was a little surprising. I thought he was going to be five eleven or five ten. So to come in at five, nine and a half was a little surprising. I don't know that I care. The guy goes up and gets the ball. Uh, he skies, he has good nuance with his hands already. Uh, he snaps off a route really well. Um, and, and he is looking for more yards with the ball in his hand. He's never stepping out of bounds. It's not something he's doing unless the clock's running down. He's not stepping out of bounds. He's trying to find a blocker in front of him, find a way to wiggle and get more yards. So, you know, um, maybe it's going to make it a little more difficult for him to go up and get the ball against NFL corners, uh, being at that size at five, nine, instead of like five eleven. but just design some short routes for him, man, because he routes like Deontay, he yaks like Debo, uh, and you just you want the ball in his hands, man. He's a lot of fun to watch, and he'll go up and get it, you know. So, um, like we said, there's probably only 20 NFL level QBs. So if you're in one of those teams that has, you know, a questionable QB, that's what you want. You want a guy that'll go up and get the ball. Uh, second highest contested catch rate in college football last year behind Mac Hippenhammer. So, uh, you know. Testing not great. Josh Downs still my guy. When I like when I watch Josh Downs, I think if if he hits his pretty high outcome, I think he could be kind of like Brandon Cooks. That's who he always sort of reminds me of a, a smaller guy. But Brandon Cooks goes up and gets the ball right, and so I think yeah. I think Josh Downs could do that. But you're, he's another one. I I just want to know if he can get off if he can get off press coverage because that's something that's going to be tough for him at that size, or if he's just going to be a slack guy. Can we go to the tight ends? We're the best, which is the most yeah. fun talk to part to talk about here. <laughs> All the chads, yeah. All the, <laughs> I text you, man. Uh, <laughs> but let's talk about one that's not a Chad, and that's Darnell Washington, Ooh, who yeah. goes out and does exactly what we said. He's the size of an offensive lineman, but then he shows off the hands. He shows off the agility. There's a blocking drill. He pushes Dude, the he, somebody, somebody cut that up and they put, uh, I can't remember like Sam Laporta and somebody mm -hmm. else with the sled and then Darnell at the bottom. And then like, like there's nothing. barely moving it. And yep. he's like shoving it. Like it's, you know, nothing filled with air or something. Seven, he like crazy. pushed it in five yards and seconds. And the other guys are struggling to get under this thing. And he makes it look so easy for a man that big. We've said he could be an offensive lineman. But then he goes out and he shows off the one-handed catch, which he didn't have to necessarily, but it's there now. And we, we've said he can catch. He's huge. He can block. I, I think it's closer today to him being tight end one than it ever has been. Now, I, I still I'm think gonna... Michael Mayer didn't hurt himself, but he didn't help himself like Darnell Washington did. 
I'm going to go out on a limb here. Do it. I think Darnell Washington gets picked by the Tennessee Titans at number 11. Boom. Put it down, people. We're starting. Uh, to, we'll, we'll have some hot take shows coming up here. I think uh, I think that's what it's going to be because, like, I, I was going over. Uh, you know, I, I am working on this sheet for the team needs forever. It take it takes forever something. to do it. But uh, I got into the South today, just making the sheet. And I'm looking at this roster. First of all, Titans roster is rough right now. It is bad. So uh, they need like two offense, two tackles, and two guards and. Uh, or maybe one guard in the center. I don't know what it is. No, I think Ben Jones was like the only good offensive lineman they had last year. But they need a lot of help on the line, but then you look at the receiving options. It's Traylon Burks. It's um, Kyle Phillips and Racy McMath. Like those are the three nice. left on the roster. So you need receiving options, but you go to tight end, it's Chigakonkwo and no one, Jeff Swain and Austin Hooper are off this roster too. So I'm looking, I'm like, well, they need, help in the run game and they need receiving options. Darnell Washington makes so much sense for them because you're either going to have, you know, an old crusty vet starting at tack uh, left tackle or a fresh rookie. So that's what you're going to have at tackle. So let's get him a little help on that side with Darnell and give, apparently we're sticking with Tannehill at Tennessee. So, uh, you know, uh, I, whatever, but, uh, give him someone to catch the football. So uh, he can do both. So I just, with this this crazy testing that he had and the one-handed catch and uh, him showing he, he could really do it all, he's going to go insanely high, dude. I think he's a top 15 guy now. I love it, dude. I love it. How about Zach Koontz, though, too? So Zach Koontz. Other, Zach the Koontz. only other 10. It was him, uh, it was him and uh, Anthony Richardson. Those were the two 10s uh, in terms of RAS score. So Zach Koontz. You're a CFF guy. I'm a CFF guy. He was right behind Brock Bowers and Michael Mayer in CFF, pretty much universally the tight end three this year. And then it he got injured, and it was a disappointing year. But Zach Kuntz was ahead of Pat Fryermuth at Penn State before he transferred to Old Dominion. So there's a history of Zach Kuntz being a very good player. And then he goes out and does this for testing. Now, I don't think it pushes him ahead of a lot of the tight ends we've talked about, but he probably becomes a day two guy late day two early day three guy we saw what you mentioned chicka we saw him get picked in the rounds jelani woods was a day two pick last year because of his his athletic testing and i think this could push that coons up into the second round or second day two maybe early day three somewhere in there i think you're right and you're looking at just the ras scores that uh the he compares to the other guys he i think he's the first 10 at tight end he might be uh but it's jordan cameron uh, from USC in 2011, 997. Mike Isiki in 2010, Other Dolphins. 996. Um, Jelani Woods had a 999 last year. Luke Musgrave had a 995. He was also good in this class. So, um, you know, just outstanding score for a guy that was not very well known outside of, you know, uh, CFF nerds like, like you and me and then other draft Knicks. So, uh, yeah. Uh, outstanding, uh, outstanding for him, and he is definitely going to move up boards in a tight end class that's already very, very good. That uh, DJ, I think he said that at least half the teams have Dalton Kincaid at number one overall. So you have Kincaid, you have Darnell Washington, you have Michael Mayer, you have Luke Musgrave. All these guys could could be the tight end one, which is nuts to go from. You know, I a couple months ago, I feel like it was, you know. It was mayor in Washington, and then we we're kind of 
drifting as to who else it was. It's rounding out to be just an incredible class. Yeah. Sam Laporta had a nice testing day too. We've talked about him before. Yeah. He had a good testing day. So it there's going to be tight ends available. We'll see if the, the depth of tight end pushes it up or if it pushes it down, right? Where you can yeah. wait. I, I think, I still think I said Michael Mayer didn't hurt himself any. He did just fine in all the testing drills. It wasn't the freak show of Zach, uh, Zach Koontz or Darnell Washington, but he did just fine. He could very easily still be tight end one. You mentioned Kincaid. Kincaid is a is a receiving option, right? You're not going to get the huge blocking out of yeah. like, like Darnell Washington, who is an offensive tackle who happens to run like a gazelle. But <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, I think all of them could be pretty highly picked. Let's go to offensive tackles or offensive line. I just pretty much kept it to tackles here. So we had an update on Skaronsky's arms. That's always been the question. What's, what's Skaronsky going to have for an arm length? And as we expected, they were not particularly long at 32 <laughs> and two eights, but I think it's big enough. It's over 32. I think it's big enough that you at least draft him as a tackle and you give him a chance out there. And if he is not as good as you want, you move him into guard knowing that you have one of the better guards in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tony Pauline, um, seems to think that he's a guard and that he should be the first guard picked in this draft and, uh, by far the best guard, which, which look, a, a team that's heavy at tackle can absolutely snap up Skaronsky and say, you're playing guard and, and he would be fine. But I think, given his success at that position, like you said, I would let him try that first. So let him fail at tackle before you move him inside and really restrict him because, you know, the tackles are the guys you got to pay. You would rather have him, uh, you know, play well for you and have him cheap for a couple of years than kick him inside immediately. But, you know, the nice thing for him is that the, the potential for versatility keeps him open for all the teams in the first round. So that's good at least. I was impressed by Roderick Jones. Roderick Jones, extremely big at 6'5", 311, and then he runs the 40 in under five seconds. That's extremely fast for a player of that size. I didn't know. I've said I think he's one of the, the more raw of the very high-end tackles, but I also completely buy into him as a first-round pick. I think he'd be a good fit for your Steelers right in the How middle of the first How about first, first pick round. in the second round? How about that? <laughs> uh, yes. You got to hold for it. That's, yeah. that's the prayer every night for you? Yeah, well, look, uh, I read that uh, maybe some character concerns with him will push him out of the first. So uh, if that's the case, I will be okay with him uh, first pick in the second round. But uh, yeah, I mean, more likely than not with his testing, he's probably he's going to sneak into at least the back end of the first. So let's talk about one other guy that might be there available at the at the start of the second. Who we've said before is I put in the group, man, not 100 percent sure he's actually a human being. And that's Daywan Jones, six, eight, (laughs) three, seventy four. 88 inch wingspan that is unbelievably massive now he's slow 537 i don't care i i fully expected that get around that right get around to someone that big so when you need at least half a tank of gas to get around him it doesn't matter how slow mm -hmm. he is so just all can you get off the snap and just set your frame because at 88 inches you can be you block the sun that is so big and so we'll see. I, I think he could be a first round pick too. I think when we did the mock, we didn't have him in there, but back into the first round, if someone needs a tackle, that's someone that's to watch. Yeah. Cincinnati. Great. Talking about you, Cincinnati. We know you need a tackle at the end of the first round. <laughs> Let's go they to need edge. A tight end. They're going to take a tight end, right? Yeah, of course. It's good. Let's go to edge. Nolan Smith. Most impressive of anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, when, when they're showing your 40 time as an edge rusher, 
and you're smoking Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins, who aren't made for speed at the wide receiver position, but they're still wide receivers. They're out there running routes. When, when you're out there at his size smoking those dudes, uh, he ran faster than Josh Downs. Josh Downs ran a 4-4-9 at 5-9. This monster is running a 4-4-4 and then was pissed that he ran. It didn't run in the four threes. He thought he was going to run faster. I mean, the thing for the thing for him is he's got to stay on the field. He's had injuries in his career, uh, but we know he's an athletic freak and he was, you know, number one recruit and all that stuff because of his athleticism. So it's, you know, that old scouting trope of availability being the best ability, because if it was all how fast can you love in a straight run in a straight line in your underwear, this guy would be the number one pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing that we saw. He's not as big as Trayvon Walker, right? That's what pushed Trayvon yeah. Walker was the athletic testing with the size. Nolan Smith is not huge, but 6'2", 238. He's a little small, but if you're going to run 4'4 and jump 41 and a half inches in the air, that shows your explosiveness and get off the ball. I think Nolan Smith cements himself as a top half of the first round pick at this point. I think he's edge two and a half right now. It's behind Will Anderson and Tyree. Tyree Wilson and Will and-, and excuse me, Nolan Smith. It just, what do you want, right? Do you want the huge size of Tyree Wilson or do you want the explosiveness off the edge of Nolan Smith to me? Because I could see him going as high as five to Seattle at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is going to be a high pick. He's, he's That's a, a dude, I think, didn't we have him going to Kansas City with the last pick? We did. So he is not uh, he's not in line for that spot anymore. He's this guy gonna could be, be going, Yeah, he's going to be going much higher than that. How about Addy Adebwari at the last pick of the first round, though? Because here's another one. 6'1", 282, and he's running this in 449. That is a freak show. I think Xavier mentioned him at seeing him at the Senior Bowl and mentioned his he thought he was so impressed, come away impressed by him. And yeah, he's he might be the biggest riser we've seen since the end of the season. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, you know, uh, Northwestern as a team didn't have a lot to remember. Uh, last year, but they've got some guys at the top of this draft that are going to perform well. And to see him run that number at, at, uh, at 280 plus, I mean, it was almost effortless too. Like he was the, the first one of his group. And I was like, Oh man, that's pretty fast. I'm like, wait a minute. How big is he? Cause I had the volume real low and I turned it up and they said for a man of 280 plus to run that fast. I was like 280. Good God. Uh, so yeah, the dude is a freak show for sure. Spoke to linebacker. We've said that linebackers kind of a thinner position. I thought Drew Sanders didn't do any of the athletic testing, but the measurements were what we thought. Trenton Simpson did exactly what he needed to do. He ran four, four, three. He showed his size. The most impressive testing was Jack Campbell, right? Because we thought Jack Campbell is just a really good player and probably not going to test that well. And then he went out and blew the doors off. Six four, you don't see many linebackers at six four, two fifty. And then he goes out and he runs four, six, five. So his relative athletic score is extremely high too, because I said linebackers aren't usually that big who can move like that. And he's always, when you watch the film on Jack Campbell, his coverage stands out because he's so long. And now if he's able to shift his hips like that, that's an awesome sign. I think he's a solid day two pick at this point and probably a second round pick to me. Nine, nine, eight. And I could see him sneaking into the first because Mm -hmm. There are no linebackers in this draft. Like you said, you know, there, there are guys that there's no high end ones. Uh, if, if we have one now, it's Jack Campbell after this testing, but it's, you know, 
um, it's him and Noah Sewell and Henry Toto. And uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent, but there's not a lot of elite talent. Trenton Simpson, obviously kind of a tweener. Um, Dan Henley, kind of more of a coverage linebacker. So uh, there's a lot of athleticism and there's a lot of good uh, linebacker play in this class, but there's not elite talent. So, you know, if a team does decide that they want to take a linebacker in the first, I think Campbell's the guy. See the team towards the end of the back. back end. If the Dolphins had a first-round pick, uh, it's either mm-hmm. linebacker or or running back. But, of course, they don't have a first-round pick because of their cheating, cheating which you, you get what you, you, you re put your soul, man. So right. let's go to corner, where corner, we've always talked about the depth. I thought a ton of these guys showed out and really proved what they had to offer here. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, to me, cemented himself with his testing. I Devin Witherspoon didn't run, which was disappointing because if there was yeah. a question with Devin Witherspoon, it was the athletic testing, and so he didn't do it. So, but then Christian Gonzalez went out and blew the blew the covers off of it. I thought he looked amazing at his length. So I think he moved himself back ahead of Witherspoon in my mind. And Joey Porter, it wasn't great for a long corner. He, I think he fell. He's more into the... He's not in the Christian Gonzalez level to me anymore. He's in the Keeley Ringo level, which is still a first-round pick, but now it's more of a two-person at the top for me to who's going to be cornerback one between Witherspoon and Gonzalez, and I think Gonzalez is most likely going to be picked first at this point. Yeah, I think he's just the safer option. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have the size concerns with him that you do with uh, Witherspoon, and he decided to run, and he killed it. So, you know, more of a guarantee from him. So I do think Gonzalez has moved himself as – to the number one corner spot, like you said, I still think Porter's going to go too. Um, I, I think um, a wow. lot of teams are upset that Weatherspoon didn't run, but uh, we'll see what ends up happening. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's still a very, very high-end cornerback class. That's for sure. Let's talk about a day two guy who I know we've talked about since the Bulls, and then he went out and really showed off too, and that's Julius Brents of Kansas State. Rare athleticism, a 983. Uh, rather the athletic score you mentioned it six foot two and a half so that's very high and then 41 and a half inch vertical is extremely high 11 and a half inch broad jump and then mm-hmm. extreme length again so i did you mentioned it before Tariq woolen julius brent should just send Tariq woolen a huge amount of his bonus because <laughs> i think he's going to get picked second round at this point is yeah seems like a floor and it's because we want to see long corners now in the nfl you know what I like about him too is I was doing uh, draft notes for uh, Fantasy Pros recently on the IDP side, so I was watching a lot of these guys, uh, the corners specifically in this class, play because there's so many corners to go through. He could play safety. He can be more of a chess piece uh, mm-hmm. if you want him to because of his size. The dude will come up and just stick somebody too. So uh, obviously he has some length and stuff, but. Um, at that size, I would not hate to see him play a little of that nickel linebacker safety type of role, whatever the, you know, uh, the star that they called it at Baylor that Jalen Petrie played mm-hmm. a ton of like, that is what you could be looking for, for Brent's more than just a straight up boundary corner. I think if he goes to a team that already has good, uh, you know, a decent secondary, he could be a piece that moves around a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, uh, just great testing too helps him a ton, but he has versatility. I feel like I agree with that. I got one more for you at cornerback, and that's we've talked about him before as being a, a ball hawk type of guy the Steelers might like, and that's Emmanuel Forbes. He stumbled out of the blocks, too small, and he still ran 
four point three five because he is that fast. But like you just said, six foot one sixty six. What the that hell, dude? Is so small. That is so tiny that I had him as the second round pick at this point. You know, I, Julius Brents is that big. You got to push him ahead, right? You got to yeah. move guys like that ahead because one sixty six is. Imagine trying to tackle Derrick Henry. <laughs> good luck man yeah that's how you that's how you end up on a poster uh yeah. for sure is you're that size and look remember when willie gay tried to tackle uh adrian peterson willie gay used to hit pretty hard mm -hmm. for a corner but adrian peterson made him look like a speed bump so you know uh that that is what that would look like uh this dude has got to add bulk so he's at this point i think maybe he slips to the third because he's a project you mm -hmm. got to get bulk on him uh, to get him to play anything but special teams at this point. So, uh, yeah, he just came in way, way too light, and he's going to have to bulk up for sure. Moving to safety, I don't have a whole lot about the safeties. I thought it was unfair to the safeties that they had to go after the corners because the corners <laughs> are just ridiculous athletes, and the safeties are, you know, you're fine. There's not bad athletes, but you compare them to a corner, you're like, eh, these guys are kind of slow, but... It was time to go get a sandwich during right. the, the draft when That's the right. safeties were up. It was like, yeah, I just watched the corners go nuts. Well, what yeah, are you guys going to do? That's exactly right. I thought some of the safeties were disappointing. Even the, both the Florida guys ran on the four sevens, which was disappointing. We didn't see my guy, Brian branch did exactly what he needed to do. I think he's still a lock solid rock solid first round pick. I was impressed by Sidney Brown, Chase Brown's brother. I think that yeah. he had the most impressive testing of any of them. I thought he put up 23, Reps on the bench. He jumped over 40 inches again, another 40 and a half inch vertical jump, which is awesome. And he ran it fast. So I think Sydney Brown was surprised that Chase and Sydney Brown, the That's brothers, right. out know, testing together, dude. Yeah, tested very well. The only thing, like looking at his RAS score, which was a 99 uh, or 963, by the way, highest of the safeties. The only thing he was read on was his height because he's under 5'10, 5'9, and 6. Can't help uh, that, right? That's the yeah. one you can't, you can't improve your height. No stretching machine. Yeah. My guy, Jamie uh, Robinson, another good test. Not the best testing, I have to admit. Not the best testing. A little disappointed in that. Didn't have the explosion I wanted, but I'm still rock solid. Day two. <laughs> Did you see them put up uh, DJ Turner, who ran the best 40 with Rich Eisen, because they both went that. to Michigan? Uh, you know, uh, they, they they put those the Simulcast guys thing? Yeah, simulcast. Uh, it was you got to see if I can find that on YouTube. Yeah, but, DJ Turner uh, did fly. Yeah, he would, what did he run? A 429, 428? It was crazy. Um, four two six is what I had. Four two six, yeah, that and that was flying. with the gun maybe slow. Mm -hmm. I, I think it was a four two nine there, and then it it became a four two six after they, uh, you know, did all the the lasering or whatever they do. I don't know how they do it uh, to add more, but yeah, great time for him. So that's um, the only forty we got in the four twos. It is the only forty we got in the four twos. So a, a little surprising, but you know, some of those guys that might run that fast also not testing uh, wait till yeah, the pro days so. when there was like four one flats in there oh i mean those are so ridiculous you can't even trust <laughs> any of them uh let's go to some of the rumors that came out of the the combine what do we got so jeff darlington reported that the bucks are planning to go with kyle trask as their week one starter because their gm believes that kyle trask is the best quarterback in the division which not Could saying a whole true. lot at this point not saying a whole lot at this point yeah, yeah, could be. I mean, that that is like the old Futurama. Like, you are technically correct, the best kind of correct, but I don't know if that means much. Like, uh, I like Kyle Trask, and I'm I'm kind of glad that they're gonna end up giving him a shot. It's just that's a lot. This team's pretty good. 
So to, to put Trask uh, at the helm of it is pretty surprising to me. Like, well, you at least bring in somebody for competition. Oh. You have bring in Sam like, Darnold or somebody. Sam Darnold, bring in Marcus Mariota from Atlanta. Who they yeah. Released. Bring in Marcus Mariota over there. Do something, like you said, because you have Mike Evans, you have Chris Godwin. Don't don't waste those guys, right? And I'm not right. Kyle Trask might be good, but we just haven't seen it. Uh, compare that, though, to the comments that we got out of Ron Rivera about Sam Howell, who said, oh, he's the only he's our week one. He's our quarterback, but he's not our starter. And I'm like, what? How does that even mean, man? You don't have any quarterbacks on the roster, Ron. Yeah, I don't. Um, he said, I think what he means is Sam is going to get first team reps first is basically what he's saying. But he's going a roundabout way. Like we're going to have a quarterback competition it's, with it's Sam some and somebody is basically what he's saying right now. That's another team that could uh, end up moving up for a pick if they like Will Levis or whoever, like you said. Uh, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what any of that means, but I guess Sam Howell's getting first crack is basically what it boils down to. If you can translate that from Ron Rivera. so Thanks, Ron. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah says, teams consider Bijan top five player in the class. I think we both agree with that, that he's a top five player. And he said getting him taken in the top 10, quote, wouldn't get laughs from the NFL. I, I, I also agree. read something, um, NFL draft scout on instagram a great account to follow i think his name on there is like jacob jacobson or something it's it's kind of funny uh but uh uh he puts out a lot of good stuff and he compiled all these rumors and one of them was that the panthers will consider Bijan if all the quarterbacks are gone in front of them they'll just go best player available and Bijan's best player so we we'll talked see. about that one if, if that's the need they got a lot of needs but Bijan is christian mccaffrey we think or certainly yeah. could be that we already talked about the Bears trading the number one pick. That seems more likely every day. The Raiders not pursuing Aaron Rodgers. That apparently is down to the Jets, most likely. I guess. Yeah, well, I think that's also going to have to be the domino that falls uh, to get Derek Carr to sign. Like, that's what we're waiting on. If Aaron Rodgers comes back and says, I'm sticking it out with the Packers or I'm retiring, I think you're going to see Derek Carr instantly uh, sign with the Jets and – you know, uh, but if you're the Jets and you have a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, I think you kind of have to wait on it. So, um, you know, not like you haven't seen this story play out before, CK. So it's, uh, I was about to say we are at a T minus. I believe it was soon after the season was going to be done. We were going to hear from we're at T minus two months here. Still waiting. The darkness retreat is over, Aaron. Let's let's hear the answer. What's, what's the what's, plan? What's so. the Groundhog Day music? It's a beautiful morning. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yep. How about this one? So you mentioned Joe Mixon. We'll talk about him in a little bit here. But Zeke is a, quote, prime cut candidate before the new league year. Yeah, look, um, they got to pay Tony Pollard. And, and uh, they're considering franchising him, uh, you know, on Tuesday. And they will if they don't get a, an extension worked out. But how tough is it to get an extension worked out if you already have Zeke eating up a lot of money? And, um, you know. It's not surprising. They should not have paid him. You know, and they shouldn't have done it, and they did it, and a lot of the Cowboys fans were upset because they knew in the long run that this was not going to pay off because running backs break down, and this is why you don't pay running backs, so you don't get stuck in this scenario. But guess what? If you pay Tony Pollard, you're going to be in the same scenario with Tony Pollard in the next couple of years. So maybe it'd just be smart to cut Zeke, let Pollard walk and draft Bijan. But you know, you have to make sure that you can get that. So for right now, 
Uh, they are franchising Tony Pollard on Tuesday and would not be shocking to see Zeke get a cut just because they need to do it to stay under the cap. That's what we, I mean, we talked about it with Saquon, right? The giants yeah. maybe learned from their interdivision rivals there. And they said, we're not going to, we're not going to pay you Saquon. They, they have their own issues now trying to find money for Daniel Jones, who the number is still <laughs> apparently four years, 160, I believe is the last number. Their last reported number I saw four years, 160, which that's a lot of money for Daniel Jones. I like Daniel Jones, but that's a lot of money. A lot of money. Let's go to a lot of people in Indy believe the Raiders are looking at Jimmy G and that they would like to trade for Mac Jones, but he is currently not available. That is from Graziano of ESPN. I can buy that too, because the Raiders we've said are a team that is ready to compete. So you don't want to necessarily go to the, the really high upside, right? You don't want the Anthony Richardson, the super high upside. You want somebody who can win now, whether that's, I think it's CJ Stroud who might be there if they're picking, but otherwise Jimmy G, I think, you know what? I don't hate sign Jimmy G and draft Anthony Richardson. Like I don't hate that either. You know, yeah, it's much better than Jared Stidham, which they're missing a seventh round pick or sixth round pick or something for, because uh, they uh, traded for Jared Stidham and the Patriots got an extra pick. So, uh, you know, and that's all because Josh McDaniels was part of the crew that drafted Jared Stidham and liked him and all that stuff uh, in new England. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, this is, I don't think this team is, they're not the Vikings. They're not a quarterback away because the defense needs a lot of work, especially on the back end. Uh, but yeah, uh, they got to get a quarterback. That's problem number one, two, and three. And, uh, you know, signing Jimmy G would at least put a cover over that, you know, not the best answer, but an answer. Uh, nonetheless, and now we can work on future uh, issues with that position. You got to so, please, you got to we'll please Devonte Adams too, right? Because he came you there to play to. with his buddy, and I don't think he's not the type that's. You mentioned AJ Brown throwing a fit, right? He's not going to do that, but I yeah. also don't think he wants to play with uh, a rookie necessarily. Even if CJ Stroud's good, I don't think he just hey. wants to go and he seems like someone who wants to play with a veteran and have a chance to win this thing. Watch out, camera guys. Going to be a very angry season for Devontae Adams. After he walks year. off the field, you better get out of his way. Part like get the Red Sea. out of the way. Yeah, move. The Giants and Saquon are far off in contract negotiations, according to Rappaport. I can't yeah. say I'm surprised on that one because we yeah. just said they got other issues. He's not gotta playing for Andy the Jones. Giants next year. It does not look like that is going to be. There's going to be no reunion, or he's at least going to go out and see what free agency has to offer. So Where's your we'll current see. prediction for for Saquon? I would have to say Chicago because they're the Is team the with money? money, and they're a team like just imagine Justin Fields and Saquon in that same backfield running RPOs with that. That's insane. Yeah. That would so be insane. You could run, you could run the ball sixty times a game with that, and they would love to do work. that. They would love yeah, to do that. That would exactly. be exactly. So. I would love to see him. I know they don't have the money. I would love to see Miami find the money. Just find the money <sighs> and put him in that same offense with Tua and Jalen Hur- or Tyreek Hill Tyreke, and Jalen Waddle. Yeah. I would think that, but you got to find money too. Chiefs yeah. and Juju working on a new contract. I like it. Uh, I, I think, you know, Juju worked there. He w- didn't uh, put up insane numbers. Kelsey's still the number one, Pacheco has an expanding role, but I don't know. D- do you think, uh, do you think re-signing Juju means Skymore didn't work? I don't, I'm not ready okay. to say that, but I think it means that they're not ready to trust Skymore as their main target with their hundred far $450 million quarterback. Yeah. That's what I would say. They, they, you need a safety blanket because I think Nicole Hardman's gone, right? Yeah. He's a free agent. He's leaving. 
and MV, then you're just going to MVS good enough. That's, that's exactly right. right? You can't trust yeah. MVS and Sky Moore. I don't think with and Travis Kelsey's there, right? So you can do just yeah. fine with Travis Kelsey. And it, coming off the Super Bowl, I don't know if I'm ready just to say okay, MVS and Sky Moore, MVS who has drop issues and health concerns, and Sky Moore who we didn't see anything out of, at least what we, I shouldn't say that we saw something at the end that showed that he was developing. But I'm not ready just to turn him over and say you're the you're the number one receiver here in Kansas City. I would I would I would bring Juju back. I, I makes that makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I think it's a good move for everybody. So I think it'll end up happening. Let's talk. Let's keep it to Kansas City. Some teams. This is from Jerry Fowler, who works for ESPN. Some teams have Ceh, so Clyde Edwards, a layer on their radar as a trade target. That makes sense too, because Pacheco certainly passed him up. They showed that Jarek McKinnon also was the pass catching option now in the end of the year here. So CH is expendable. They, they didn't need him and they won the Super Bowl. So he becomes expendable at that point. You know, this sounds to me like, who'd you say that was Jeremy Fowler, Jeremy Fowler, sir. Uh, it's, it, uh, seems to me that Jeremy Fowler has a connection with the chiefs that he likes because he got the info about them trying to resign Juju. And now he's floating out this BS CH. Like it makes sense for someone to want CH, mm-hmm. but He's clearly going to be cut. He's making $3 million. And, you know, well, there's not many teams paying many good teams or Super Bowl winning teams as of recent paying running backs a ton of money. So just wait for him to get cut and then pay him less money. I feel like I guess you could trade it. If you have cap space, you could uh, trade a sixth or seventh round pick for him uh, and and eat that all of that money. Or are the Chiefs going to try to eat up the money and it's some type of signing bonus and then trade him. Like, I guess that would make more sense, but uh, to see him getting paid uh, way more than the league minimum and a team wanting to acquire him. I don't know. That seems like, uh, you know, Hey, look, I'm trying to trade my old broken car. You know, can I get a brand new, you know, shiny car for it? Nah, I can't. Is there any team that he goes to where you're interested in fantasy? Miami. Sure. Uh, yeah, Miami would absolutely be one of those teams. Um, you know, just any running back desperate team where, you know, he's not going to be uh, a for sure two. Mm-hmm. uh, if you went to Cincinnati, you know, because Samaji P Ryan's a UFA, they're about to j- cut Joe Mixon. I think that would, uh, make a lot of sense too, but, uh, it would have to be somewhere where they really needed a back and they didn't bring in a lot of competition because as good as I thought CEH was, he has not proven it at all in the NFL. I agree. We'll skip some of the AFC North ones. The 49ers will have interest in Baker Mayfield, according to Albert Breer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, though. I was like, going to say, why? Yeah. Brock Purdy and you know Trey what? Lance. Why not add another person to the mix? Let's do this. Let's go Tampa Bay for Baker. Let's go Tampa Bay. You can have the guy with all the size that can't move like a statue in Kyle Trask and a huge arm versus pop gun arm with some athleticism in Baker. I think not pop gun arm, but you know, not, I mean, Trask has a cannon. So, uh, you know, um, let's go for the two different style of QBs and see which one fits more because I don't know. I think I might kind of like Baker in Tampa throwing to Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin. So, uh, San Francisco doesn't make any sense to me because it's like, all right, well, we know that Trey Lance is a starter because, Brock Purdy, who still hasn't had elbow surgery, by the way, that's supposed to happen, I guess, this week, and he's going to need six months to recover from that. So he's not going to be ready until the middle of October, probably. So, you know, 
it, it that is Trey Lance's job. You're going to bring in Baker, what, just to be the backup for six weeks? And then Brock Purdy comes back and he's the backup? Like, yeah. what is the purpose of this? And what if Trey Lance looks like garbage? Now you're going to have people calling for Baker Mayfield to come in because at least he has experience while Brock Purdy is not healthy enough. And now you've turned this, you know, quarterback great room here into a bunch of trash. You, an injured guy, a guy that didn't pan out if you traded a bunch of, uh, you know, picks for him and a failed starter for Cleveland and LA and all the other spots, Carolina, everywhere else he went. So I don't know. Like, I guess you need a backup, but. You know, the Niners have uh, been pretty successful drafting quarterbacks. So maybe find one you like in the draft and stick him behind Trey Lance and go with it. You know, Tyson know. Bajan. that seems weird. Do it. There Tyson you go. Bajan. Bajan. There we go. There's our guy. We'll bring him up again here. But yeah, I don't I don't know why they would sign Baker Mayfield. That makes very little sense. Jerry Jones says the Cowboys still have interest in signing Odell, which. OK, Do they, is T.Y. Hilton under contract longer? No, it was I just a six month yeah, thing. OK, I think so. Or six week thing, I should say. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't even know what to make of Odell at this point. Who knows? We haven't seen him in two years, I think. Yeah. It's so. Yeah. Look, uh, he could come back and be great, but that's a lot of rust. It's a lot of rust to knock off. So we'll see. I'm not trusting Odell to replace Amari Cooper at this point. Delvin yeah. Cook's shoulder injury makes getting makes cutting him complicated due to a stipulation in his contract, which we'll get $2 million guaranteed if he's cut and fails a physical, according to Kevin Seifert to ESPN. I did not see this one. So yeah, this, this is you. I did not see one. this one. Yeah, so uh, what the way it read is that um, if they are going to cut him, they would save like seven point three million bucks, and that would be the point uh, to, to mm -hmm. cutting him. But if they do that and he fails the physical, which he would now because he had the shoulder surgery, then they would have to pay him two point three, and that would cost all against the cap, which would make cutting him only save them five million bucks. Which means, like, what were they going to do? Were they going to cut him and give Alexander Madison some extension or something? Like, I don't know what they were planning on doing uh, because Alexander Madison's a UFA right now as well. Uh, so I don't know. It seems like if they do figure this out and find a way to do it and then, you know, also save that seven million bucks, it seems like there's going to be a lot of running backs on the market this year. You're going to have uh, Leonard Fournette. We, uh, Tampa Bay said they're going to cut after the March 15th deadline. He's gone. He's a free agent. Joe Mixon's about to be a free agent. Saquon Barkley's a free agent. Plus, there's a lot of good running backs in the class, too. So we're going to have uh, a big old mix-up of running backs, it feels like, uh, coming up here. And um, this could be another one on the pile, but we'll see. Uh, but it seemed like the Vikings were kind of locked into doing that until he had the surgery, which is just kind of strange too, because he's been a steady Eddie for them for a long time. Yeah. we I think we talked about, when we talked about the Vikings. They, they have to cut somebody. I've said, I thought it would be Zadarius Smith, but Delvin cook, you know, running backs are expendable. Yeah. You've, you're a Ty Chandler guy, right? Yeah. I That's love Ty man. Chandler. There I really like him. We'll yeah. see if they like him. Uh, Robert Salas said, Mike roster quote should be on the roster in 2023. So, Mike white. Yeah. Should be on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Look, he should. I mean, whoever the starter is, I like Mike White backing him up because he had a couple good games. Now, he followed it up with some trash games, too. He's definitely not an NFL starter, but he's a backup that knows the system. Why not keep that guy, right? That makes sense. I don't I would be fine keeping him. I was trying to remember who. Do they still have Joe Flacco? He must be a free agent. Yeah, Joe Flacco. Nah, free. he's gone. He's got to retire, too. And Zach Wilson is 
you can't cut Zach Wilson still under contract. That's the tough one. There is that you got to find something. Yeah. Somebody's got to take Zach Wilson then off of you because you can't have. I wouldn't pay. I think Mike White's going to get some money. It won't be a lot, but I would not pay the two quarterbacks say fifteen million dollars to be backups plus a starter. Would you rather have starting for the Tampa Bay Bucks, <laughs> oh, Kyle Trask or Zach Wilson? Oh man, that's tough. I would. I would take the box that I don't know what I'm getting and take Kyle Trask Same. Same. because you don't know what you're getting. He might be good. Whereas I know Same. at this point what Zach Wilson is. I think I would too. Maybe Zach Wilson would be good if he had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Well, he just had Corey Davis and Garrett Wilson, like uh, at Brees Hall, like he wasn't very good. So uh, yeah, I think I'd rather see what Trask has too. I'm with you. Matt Corral, quarterback for the Panthers, who we have not seen yet, could miss OTAs, so more missed time, as he's still recovering from his Liss Frank injury. Liss Frank's a tough injury. That's a tough injury to the bottom of your foot, man. But, like, I mean, yeah, that's it, it's a tough one. But we saw Najee kind of recover from it yeah. in season. It, it really depends on the severity, and this uh, must have just been a really horrible one because, you know, you look at the Panthers offseason with the new head coach. He's the only guy with the playbook right now, right? Um, so it's crazy to me that he can't be in there at least trying to earn a new role. And this is why I hated him. I hated him going to the Panthers because we knew Matt rule was going to get fired and that a new coaching staff was going to be in here and they were going to go, uh, and make changes. So yeah, tough, tough break for corral literally and figuratively. So not a lot of faith in Matt corral at this point. Last yeah. one we have for non-AFC North, which we'll talk about, is if Aaron Rodgers decides to return to the Packers, they need to trade Aaron Love to stay under the cap. And that makes sense because Aaron Rodgers takes up a huge amount of the Packers cap number at this point. I think they said it'd be like $60 million or something. Like, they'd have to do a restructure on yeah. it or something, too. But it would still be like 40 against the cap. There's a ton cap. of dead cap on it, too. There's a ton of dead cap. Even if he retires, they have some yeah. dead cap money in that, which I don't understand how that works. But it is a Me neither. absurd contract that the Packers gave Aaron Rodgers, and now they have to live with it. Yeah. yeah I've, I'm resigned to that fact. Yeah, so Jordan Love might be on the move on draft day if Aaron Rodgers comes back and stays with Green Bay. So what's the so, return for Jordan Love, we think? Day two pick? Uh, no. No? I don't think so. I think it's a fourth rounder. Fourth round? Yeah, I mean, maybe a day two for really, like, if if a team, re, like, if the Raiders, uh, you know, sit at seven, don't get anybody, and they didn't sign Jimmy G, like, maybe then, okay, let's go get Jordan Love and, and you know, trade something cheap for him, I guess, uh, just to bring in somebody. Because I'd rather have Jordan Love than Jared Stidham, I'll tell you that. So Jordan Love or Sam Howell? Jordan Love. Jordan Love. That's, that's yeah. the one that I wonder about. Jordan Love or Sam Howell, Washington, something like that. Jordan Love or Kyle Trask. Mm, I want to get. I want to see Trask get a, a chance. I love it. I, love I, I think Love has higher upside, but I want to yeah. see Trask get a chance. I I did like him coming out, but it's like, oh, you came out and, and you're sitting behind the goat, like for a long time you. here. Yeah, and now the goat retired, so now he's getting a, a real run. It looks like. So I'm kind of excited about that. But, you mentioned uh, franchise tag coming day coming up. We have four names that have been reported with franchise tags. That's Danny Jones, who we've talked about a lot, Josh yeah. Jacobs, Tony Pollard, and Evan Ingram. Any yeah, surprises? Evan Ingram. Uh, not Evan Ingram wasn't a surprise when you look at it, but I was like, you can't just work out a deal with Evan Ingram. You need to franchise him. Like, I don't know. Uh, are they that far off? End. 
Yeah. Uh, it, well, it's expensive because Kelsey gets paid so much and he's a top five. So, uh, and Andrews got paid a bunch a couple years ago and there was somebody else that signed a huge deal too, that I can't think of, but, uh, it's gotta be a pretty high number. I would think so. USA today uh, has it at 11.3 million for one ooh, year. That's man. a lot of money to pay Evan Ingram on one. We talk about Daniel Jones. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of money to pay a tight end on one year. Like you give him a, a nice big signing bonus for signing it. Sure. Do that. Mm -hmm. But to pay 11 mil against the cap, that's a lot of money for a tight end, man. And there's a lot of good tight ends in this class too. So, uh, you know, uh, we'll see. I, I, I would rather get out a deal. I'd rather bang out a deal with him or not resign him. And I like Evan Ingram. He was good this year, stayed healthy too, but I'd rather either bang out a deal that is okay or just not sign him and take somebody else because the class is deep and there's some in free agency too. So, uh, that's a lot of money for Ingram. So a little surprising there, but are we ready to roll to, to the AFC North here? Finally, I'm, I'm ready, dude. Let's talk. Let's go. I'm uh, ready to talk about my team here, but the division is great here too. Baltimore, 24.3 in cap space. Uh, they have pick number 22. They don't have a second round because they traded it for Roquan Smith last year, but they do have a third, a fourth, two fifths, and a sixth. They got one back for Sean Wade. Uh, going through the team here, trader keep Lamar, and this is one of the things that you wanted to talk about once we got in here, is they're going to offer him a non-exclusive rights franchise tag which is very interesting because now he will be able to work out a deal with the Falcons or any other team that he wants. And then uh, what happens is you go from this team, you say, all right, Baltimore, this is what they offered me. And now they can either match it or if they decide to let him walk, they get two first round picks from the team that's franchising him one this year and one next year or signing him, I mean, not franchising him, but that is what a non-exclusive rights free agency tag is. I didn't even know this was a thing, but I love it. I think that works out for both sides. It's like, hey, look, Lamar, if you can find someone that's going to pay you $200 million guaranteed, which is what you want, because that's what Deshaun Watson got, go find it and bring it back to us, and we'll pay it. Or we'll get two first-round picks back for you if they offer you way too much money. And I think this works for both sides. I think this is a great solution to this issue. Yeah, we don't see the non-exclusive one get used very often. It's it's different. Yeah, when you franchise someone, typically you need them on your team and you want to keep them. Yep, then other teams don't get to negotiate with them, right? We see it where people yeah. will get it and then they'll trade them. But this one's different. It's like you said, it's... If, I think it's we'll talk about the Falcons just because they're the team that has the cap space to get this done. I think they're the most likely team for now where we'll see Lamar next year and they slap this this franchise tag on them and they'll negotiate a contract. We'll I think we both expect that the Baltimore won't be able to match it or will choose not to match it and then they'll get those two picks and so we'll go from there. But yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting decision. I did not expect that to happen, but I fully get it. And this, this is point. basically what restricted free agency is. How restricted free agency works is you get uh, so many teams or so many uh, tags that you can put on a guy. So you can put a, you know, if you drafted a guy in the first round, you could put a first round tag on him. And then the team that signs him would have to then give you a first round pick back. Uh, I think it's either the round they're drafted in or the round after they're dra drafted in is the highest spot you can get give them for a restricted free agency and uh you can choose to match or take the pick that's basically what it is so basically it's kind of doing that 
through the franchise tag. But obviously that is the number one issue with uh, the Ravens is figure out a way to keep Lamar or replace Lamar. If you are, I thought we had a pretty good uh, solution last week, giving them Anthony Richardson, but that might be off the table now uh, that Richardson has uh, skyrocketed at running back. They just need depth behind Dobbins and Edwards, unless they're going to end up cutting someone. Uh, we'll see how that works at wide receiver. They still need a number one. Bateman can't stay on the field. Duvernay is probably a three. And they even had an issue with this during the combine. Um, they asked uh, Eric DaCosta, the uh, Ravens GM, about the wide receiver spot. And he said, well, if I had a, a solution for our wide receivers not working out, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you or something. And then Rashad Bateman was pretty pissed uh, about that comment. So uh, a little surprising to see that happen uh, with the wide receiver position, but that is definitely a big need on the list here. Um, at tight end, I think they're good. Mark Andrews is good. They drafted uh, Charlie Kohler last year. I think they're fine. Uh, offensive line, they need to re-sign Powers or get a replacement at left guard there along the offensive line. So the left guard spot is going to be a pretty big need. Uh, interior of the defensive line, they're solid. They don't need a lot of help at edge. David Ajabo should step into a big role with Justin Houston and Jason Pierre Paul gone. Um, they need depth a little bit with Bowser and uh, Justin Oway having a uh, or J Jason Oway uh, having rough grades last year. I think they could use a little depth at the edge spot. Uh, obviously, good at linebacker after uh, you know trading away a second round pick for Roquan. They have Patrick Queen at the other spot. They could be in the market for a boundary corner if uh, Peters becomes an unrestricted free agent or they don't decide not to resign him. Safety, they're good. Actually, Chuck Clark, who they tried to trade last year after drafting Kyle Hamilton, could be a cap casualty this year. Probably should have tried to find a way to move him last year, but um, he was a play caller. He had the green dot on his uh, helmet, so obviously they can give that to Roquan now, uh, but uh, he might be a cap casualty. So... Here it is, CK, for the Ravens, um, and I'm totally not you know, impartial at all with any of these teams in the AFC North. I've got figure out Lamar as their number one need, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, number two is wide receiver. Um, you know, Bateman, Duvernay, they got to get somebody. They got to get a big guy in there. Uh, number three is the boundary corner spot that Marcus Peters is leaving empty. Number four is the left guard to replace Ben Powers or re-sign him. Then edge depth and running back depth. So... That's what I got for the Ravens. What do you think? It all starts with Lamar. It ends with Lamar. From there, you have to decide. You have a new offense coming in, Todd Monken. How is that going to run? Because if you if you do move Lamar and you can't get an Anthony Richardson, there's very few players who can run the offense that they've been running with Lamar. We saw Tyler Huntley step in and struggle with the offense, and so that's not going to work at that point. And you change the offense completely then? Do you go to a, a whole different attack? Because then that changes some of the needs perhaps now wide receiver is definitely a need you mentioned bateman just can't stay healthy it's not working devin duvernay is fine but you're not trust devin duvernay he's is not going to be yeah he's a three yeah. he's a slot three and they have a bunch of those guys you know tyler wallace prochet isabella those guys are all slot threes so yeah. the the ravens which is something we don't usually say are kind of in a flux and we don't usually say that about them they just kind of retool look at their picks from last year tyler linderbaum and kyle hamilton graded out unbelievably on they pff yeah. so they tend to just replace and not really rebuild but you lose lamar and this is going to change and it's 
feels like it's looking towards a rebuild here. I mean, the po- the the positive thing about moving on from Lamar is that you open your offense way up, right? Uh, you can do a lot of different things that they're not, they're just not willing to do, which I think they should be willing to do with Lamar. Also, I think you can get way more shotgun in there with him and, uh, you know, spread it out a little bit more and you spread the defense that makes Lamar even more dangerous, but, um, you know, they just refuse to do it. They want to grind and, uh, that's what they've been doing. So you can open up that offense a ton if you do, uh, uh, give up Lamar, but, you just brought in Todd Monken, who runs a slow ass offense in college too, with Georgia that grinded out and you know throw deep kind of stuff that they've been doing. So um, I don't know. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening there. Let's so move on. What's that? Stetson oh, he's going. He's going to for the Ravens. He's, he's not the next quarterback, but he is going to be drafted by Baltimore for sure. Agreed. I mean, he he steps in day one and knows the system like, and he had that off season stuff, and he's like what thirty eight years old. Or whatever he, I think he's 25 or 26 right now. But yeah, I mean, he is definitely going to the Ravens in like the sixth round. I mean, I think that's a for sure thing. Uh, let's go to the Bengals. They got some cap space, 34 and a half mil. And uh, they do have first, second, third, all the way. They have no extra picks, but they're not missing any picks either. They got their seven, picking 28. Uh, because they were, of course, again in the AFC Championship. The first question I thought was, all right, do we sign big free agents with all this cap space, or do we give Burrow the extension now? It seems like that question has kind of been answered now that we see that they're most likely to cut Joe Mixon. So it seems like uh, Burrow is going to end up getting his extension. So now they have a question at running back. That wasn't uh, on my list because I made this last week, but running back is now a question because they cut Mixon, they probably need to re-sign P. Ryan or, like we said before, there's so many of these big-name guys on free agency, and Dalvin Cook could be out there too, but go out and pick up a running back is going to be the name of the game at that spot. Wide receiver, of course, they're good. There was some rumors that maybe they try to trade T. Higgins because he's going to have to get paid uh, pretty soon here, and they're not going to have the space because of uh, Joe Burrow and everything, but they're going to let that play out they they're trying to get to a super bowl so they're going to keep higgins and i think that's the right move uh for this team at tight end uh, they need to replace or resign hayden hurst so that's a pretty big hole for them uh they're good at center and right guard on the line but everything else graded out really bad so this hasn't been this isn't a secret at this point this is the reason why they lost the super bowl a couple years ago Joe Burrow keeps taking bigger and bigger hits every single year, and he's already missed half of a season. So they gotta they gotta solve this issue. Like I'm, you know, if I'm a Bengals fan, I am tired of talking about it. Go up and draft someone, move up, do what you have to do to get a solid guy at left tackle. Sign someone. Try to go get Orlando Brown or something before he gets another franchise tag. Like, do something. Um, they, they got to make it happen there. And that's three spots that they need left tackle, right tackle and right guard or uh, left guard, excuse me. So that's three spots they need. Uh, defense is pretty solid interior and edge. They're good. Um, linebacker Pratt is a UFA, so they could resign and replace him. Uh, cornerback, the starters are good. They need a little depth and they're losing both their starting safeties this year. Um, but they did draft Daxton Hill last year with the idea of him replacing Jesse Bates. Even last year, but Bates did play on the franchise tag, even though he said he wasn't going to. Uh, but 
Dax Hill now can play that strong safety role. So then now they need a free safety to replace Von Bell. So CK for me um, and the Bengals this is what I got. I got left tackle, right tackle, tight end, the strong safety spot or uh, free safety spot, um, linebacker, and then, you know, I guess uh, some competition for Volson or a new left guard and then cornerback depth. Uh, is what I have uh, with their needs. So hopefully, and look, when I'm giving out all these needs, know that half these teams, uh, all these teams are going to have these before the draft, right? You're going to solve a lot of problems in free agency that you have on your roster right now. And it seems like a team that was, you know, a couple plays away from the Super Bowl has a lot of needs here. Every team has needs, but it seems like uh, the Bengals, you know, it's just a tweak here and a tweak there and you're winning a championship. So, Find a way to make it happen, right? Yeah, it's that's what's it's so close. You feel like this team is if it wasn't for Kansas City, you think how good could the Bengals be? But <laughs> it's Kansas City's really good and their offensive line is terrible. And now you're talking about giving Joe Burrow. Do we think Joe Burrow gets more money than Lamar? I think Joe gets I think Joe Burrow wants to get more money than anybody. And so Patrick Mahomes is 10 years 450. I think Joe Burrow wants 10 years. 470 million with more to guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson. And I think he might get it. Dude, I'm so happy that the Browns gave Deshaun Watson so much money (laughs) because it's just eating up the Ravens and Bengals right now. Like, look, the Steelers will have, if if Kenny Pickett's the truth, they're going to have to pay him a lot of money too. So I understand that it's all cyclical and it works for everybody, but like them doing that big ass dumb mistake has made the Ravens and Bengals pay for it. So uh, good on you, Cleveland. I can cheer for you for something here. Ridiculous. We think Cincinnati. So. Do we think that Joe Burrow gets more than Lamar? I do. Yeah. I think he does too. I think that is. Now, if here's the thing though, once you give him that contract, you got to th- think about the O line because he cannot get hit. Yeah. The most in the league every year because your O line is so terrible. And yeah. at this point, I think we can safely assume that uh, Jonah Williams is a bust. That did not work. Yeah. Was it right? I think he's playing left tackle for him and he's getting paid a lot. And Lyle Collins, they might cut to make some. He was terrible anyways. You can save, I think, seven or four million with him. Joe Mixon, it it becomes one of T. Higgins or Joe Mixon couldn't be there. And you can and paid Joe Burrow. And we've said Joe Burrow is going to get paid. They're not going to lose Joe Burrow. So I thought we we thought it'd be T. Higgins, but they decided to go with Joe Mixon because running backs are more replaceable. And so, yeah, and just for some context here, just to, to grade these guys, Jonah Williams was 62 of 81 tackles. Uh, Adena J was 77 of 81 and Lyle Collins was 68 of 81. And, and then on the good. interior, Kappa was good, 22 of 77, but Volson, who was also a rookie and could improve, which is why I said, you know, bring in some competition at left guard, at least if you're not uh, going to sign someone or draft someone straight up to replace Volson. Uh, he was 65 of 77. So it's just, it is, um, it's not good on the O line. If you're talking about a team though, that's competing for a super bowl about to give their quarterback the most money in the world. You want to know that you have more than two solid starters on the offensive line. And that's, and look at the division too. You have the Steelers who blitz more than anybody else. You have the Ravens who have a crazy defense up front and David Ojabo is going to be healthy this year. And then you have one of the best defensive players in the league and Miles Garrett on, it is a bad line in Cleveland and we'll get to that in a second, but he's one of the best on the planet. So yeah, it's a bad spot to leave your franchise quarterback who you are about to pay uh, more money than God 
uh, you better protect him. So you're absolutely right. Comes down to that every year for Cincinnati, and it's not changing. So, yeah, I agree with your needs perfectly. Got to fix that. Got to fix the offensive line. Got to fix the O-line. It is the name of the game. Let's go down to Cleveland. They are actually 13.4 mil over the cap as of right now. Obviously, they don't have their first-round pick. It is in Houston, but they have uh, 42 overall in the second round, 73 overall in the third. They do get a JC2A third-round pick as well. Uh, they have two-fourths, one from Minnesota last year, and a pick swap, two-fifths, one they got for Troy Hill from the Rams, a sixth and a seventh. But looking at the team, they need a better backup to Deshaun Watson than Kellen Mond. That's like, you know, quarterback, okay, fine, you got your starter, and you're paying him $200 million guaranteed, way too much money ruining the quarterbacks in the AFC North, which I love. But, you know, uh, you got to have someone back better backing him up than Kellen Mond, I think. Uh, Hunt's a UFA, uh, so maybe some depth, although I did see that Stefanski uh, talking about how much he loved Jerome Ford and that he's going to get a shot at being the second running back. So uh, we'll see because Hunt and uh, Darren Johnson, I believe, both UFAs. Uh, at wide receiver, I think they need a number two. Amari Cooper is their one right now, and maybe he's a two, and maybe you get a different one. I don't know what it is, but I think they need to add uh, to that room for sure because DPJ is a good option, but he's not a great option. And if you have Watson and you have uh, Nick Chubb and you have a good O-line, let's get some better receiving options. Tight end, they're good. Uh, O-line is pretty solid except for starting center. Ethan Pochich is a uh, free agent, so let's get him replaced or resign him. Uh, interior of the defensive line, terrible play. Uh, probably their biggest need of anything. It was awful last year. Uh, I do like uh, they have Perry Winfrey in there. I think he'll be better, but uh, it was awful last year. On the edge, they need someone else on the other side of Garrett. Like, obviously, he's not going to be Clowney. Clowney talking all that smack and uh, them not, uh, you know, uh, playing him the last couple weeks, showing him the door. He's gone. So they got to get somebody else. Alex Wright ain't going to cut it on the other side there. Um, for linebacker, uh, I mean, uh, Taki Taki, Deion Jones, Walker, all UFAs. JOK has had issues staying on the field, so I feel like linebacker is a pretty uh, big need here. Uh, the starters are good at corner. They need some depth. Uh, Safety is lackluster, but I think the other needs are, are more important on the interior and the linebacker. So for team needs for the Browns, CK, I've got interior of the defensive line, A number one, uh, linebacker number two, then safety, center, edge, wide receiver, and running back depth. So what do you think of those ones? It's just, it's one of the weirdest situations in the NFL where Cleveland's in. With with all that money given to Deshaun Watson, it puts them in such a strange develop, like, depth-building process where they're at that it's hard for them to find money to do some of these things. But I, th yeah, their offensive or defensive line was terrible last year. It was dead last in the... EPA per rush, which is a stat by football outsiders, meaning the worst in the league. And you, you watched him that showed up. I know at safety, they already told John Johnson that they're going to trade him or release him after June 1st and save the 12 million, I think on his cap number, which Grant Delpit's a better fit at free safety than strong safety anyways, I think. So that's, that just moves your safety need, but yeah, I, I, they need defensive line. They need defensive help is what they need. And Pochich yeah. probably they're going to have to outbid Minnesota. If Minnesota can find money, that's going to be the the person there. Can you yeah. outbid Minnesota to keep Ethan Pochich because he's a pretty good center and those are hard to find in the NFL. So it's, I don't, 
know what they're going to do at running back. I'd be interested to see if they just go to Jerome Ford because I kind of like Jerome Ford. What, were you a Jerome Ford guy last year? I was, yeah. He's yeah. Uh, very good. Carried the load at Cincinnati. So behind a good old line and you're not asking him to, to do it every single down, uh, I think he could be pretty solid. So I like him. They need to hit on some of those draft picks, though, because of that. Once again, because of that contract they give to Deshaun, they need to hit on some of these draft picks or it's going to get ugly here with the cap situation again. Yeah, yeah, they got to get on it. Uh, let's go down to my Pittsburgh Steelers, 4.3 mil over. So it shouldn't be too hard to adjust that. Uh, they have the first, uh, the 17th pick in the first round. Then they got the, uh, you know, 32nd pick, really, uh, pick 33 uh, for Chase Claypool from the Bears. Then they have their second, their third, a fourth, a fifth, and a seventh. No six-round pick. But uh, for needs, quarterback, they're good. The Pickett's the guy. Trubisky is, they want to keep even though it would save them 10 million bucks. So uh, they want to keep him because uh, he's a good locker room presence uh, running back. They're good. Najee uh, is the number one there. Jalen Warren's the two um, wide receiver is Calvin Austin. Good enough to be the third is my question. And uh, you know, didn't play the entire season. So a sleight of frame guy with a ton of speed, definitely a slot guy. Uh, but you have Deontay, you have Pickens. Is Austin good enough for the third, or is this a legit need? I think that's the question for the Steelers right now. Uh, tight end, they need depth behind Furmouth uh, along the offensive line. The interior was average, but both tackle spots were well below average. So they could replace one or both of those guys. I would not be shocked with uh, Moore and Chuksakor for. Um, interior, the defensive line, they got to re sign Wormley. He graded out as one of the best interior linemen. Uh, this season, he fits in need perfectly, and they need depth behind him because um, Larry Ogunjobi is an unrestricted free agent. At edge, they need depth behind TJ and Alex Highsmith. Pair of the best starters in the league, but nothing behind it. There's a lot of uh, rumors that once Tennessee cuts Bud Dupree, that the Steelers will be in on bringing him back on a, a cheap deal. So we'll see there. At linebacker, do you cop Miles Jack? Because if you do, now you need two starters instead of just one because uh, Devin Bush is gone, and thank God I am not a Devin Bush fan. Uh, so I was excited when we got him. Did not pan out. Just a guy that, you know, the brain wasn't attached to the athletic talent. And I could have said the same thing for Ryan Shazier, but it caught up, and it never really did for Devin Bush. You could kind of see flashes of it. At the end of the season, he was playing much better, and a lot of credit for that goes to Brian Flores, but uh, that's two guys they would need to replace if they do end up cutting Miles Shaq to save money in the cap. Uh, corner, for me, it's re-sign Cam Sutton and draft a boundary corner. You guys know I've been talking about this for a long time as a need for Pittsburgh. Look, you have the Bengals to contend with. You're going to have Deshaun Watson throwing it uh, downfield, and you know Lamar is still around, so... Uh, a lot of good uh, throwers in this division. So you got to get some corners uh, to help that. And then um, safety, they got to re-sign or replace Terrell Edmonds. That's a guy like, I wouldn't hate to see Terrell come back. Um, improved a lot. I still think he's a nickel linebacker and not really a safety. Uh, but I would I'd be fine with him coming back. So for my Steelers, the needs that I have is corner number one, linebacker number two, Safety number three, because those are all starting spots. Then interior, the defensive line. If you, you know, if if you or if you don't resign Wormley, probably the same. Offensive tackle, depth at edge, that third wide receiver, and then tight ends behind Pat Fryermuth. So that's what I got for the Steelers. 
I mean, I'm talking to the formal Steelers expert here, so I feel like I'm just <laughs> I feel like I just got to keep up here. Okay, let's start with the Steelers rumor that's been thrown around a lot. Where are we at on Jalen Ramsey? Uh, I I hope so. I would I trade so. 17 easily for Jalen Ramsey, but the problem is you got to pay him. We're already over the cap, uh, so I just don't. I, I doubt it's Pittsburgh. I think the the rumor of Dallas is probably more substantial. So yeah, that's. The money problem, right? That's the same thing. Yeah, you got to find money for Jalen Ramsey. You're going to pay him. And but if you're cow, you're the Cowboys, you could say, "Hey, look, we'll give you our first round pick, but you also have to take Zeke back, take some money and, off and, of it too, and deal with that." So I think it just, I think everything fits better for Dallas to go get Ramsey, and then you have Ramsey and Diggs on that defense. That's that's tough, man. That's fun. Do we think? Do you think they're going to cut Miles Jack? I think that's eight million dollars saved. Is that's pretty? That's appealing. I think that he gets cut actually. Um, I don't know. That leaves a big hole at linebacker. So it's asking a lot. So, uh, I think I'm 50, 50 on it. I would say 51%. No, 49%. Yes. So, um, just cause it leaves such a giant hole. What do you think of Demonte Casey? I know he's a free agent too. Could he, they can bring him back to replace trail Edmonds. Yeah. Casey's fine, but Casey is hurt is more often than anybody guy. else yeah. in the league. Like that dude is Bob Sanders 2.0. So, He's very, very hurt. So, yeah, I don't know. It's the, the Steelers are going to go as far as Kenny Pickett Pick develops, it. right? That's what yeah. it's down to right now. They got to see what Kenny Pickett has. And there was flashes. I thought Kenny Pickett, he started slow, but, you know, Especially he's a rookie. End. He's yeah. a rookie. And at the end, he was looking pretty good, I thought. So I was impressed with Kenny Pickett. I do think I'm not a Calvin Austin guy. I think they could very easily get a third receiver in there. I don't know who that is right now. I'd have to I mean, Jordan. Jordan. Lovely dude. You're all in. I hey, love that too he, much. He, he tested poorly too. So he maybe did. he's yeah. that first pick in the second round. Uh, he there could fall a little bit. And that would be it. great. That would be an awesome be fit amazing. for what they need. And then Kelvin Austin, I've always said Kelvin Austin is your tank Dell. He is a, yeah. somebody that you scheme five touches a game to and see what you get. Jet sweep here, handoff reverse. They love doing reverses in Pittsburgh. So something like that. But I also think, I think they need to replace Dan Moore at left tackle. I think they need to replace Dan Moore at left tackle. I don't think he's good at all. I'd have to I'd see what he graded out at here. He graded out 57 at 81. That's actually better than I thought because I do not think Dan Moore cuts it. <laughs> Dan Moore got better as the year went on. So I think the reason that offensive tackle isn't my number one. Uh, and look, this is also Dan Moore that went to Texas A&M. This is me talking That's up right. an Aggie, right? <laughs> like I did not want us to draft this guy, but he did get better as the year went on. Uh, but I have... No, like maybe not even cutting him, but you know, moving him to right and getting mm -hmm. a solid left tackle in feels better to me too. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and defend Dan Moore, but I think because of his improvement, it makes the Steelers less likely to take an offensive lineman first. Don't rule it out. If there's someone they love, they'll do it. Uh, you know, cause Dan Moore can kick to the other side or kick to the bench. I don't care. But, um, you know, uh, I think because he improved and he's a young player, uh, I I don't think they're gonna do it. I think they're gonna end up going with a corner first. So corner we'll first, what happens? Get order in there. Get that legacy pick. Gotta that's right. That's I mean that's everyone. It's just so easy. We're like even the only ones I, who didn't say it. Even when I see like oh, a bunch of interesting things happening in this draft, I'm like, go to it. Oh, there's Joey Porter Jr. <laughs> to Pittsburgh again. Like I don't mind it. I like Joey Porter Jr. I think he's good. I'd love to have him. He kick Cam on the inside. Uh, I I think that's fine, but. You know, I also wouldn't hate Jordan Addison. I wouldn't hate an offensive lineman and I wouldn't kick 
you know, a safety out of bed. I'll say that. I wouldn't kick Brian Branch out of bed. I'll oh. say that. So, oh, I'm, uh, dude, he's we, gone. Yeah. Packers. Packers. <laughs> Pay attention, guys. Uh, we'll Here see. We I go. mean, Jacksonville, too. I think Jacksonville would be a good spot for him yeah. as well. But uh, that is going to wrap it up for us today. Follow me on Twitter at Bogman Sports. I've got Fantasy Pros coming up with Fitz, probably dropping today. We did a super flex three round mock. So check that out. Wow. Obviously baseball going on uh, with the Welsh right now at ITL. So that's what I got going. CK at C O P I E P S on the Twitter machine. What do you got coming up? I am doing the daily five. You can check that out on your podcast feed and yeah, that's what I'm working on right now. All right. We will be back next week. We'll definitely be talking about the AFC South and all of those fun picks. Uh, we might, we might also get, the West in there. We might do a twofer to get it all in right before free agency starts. So that is going to wrap it up for us. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the combine and the breakdown. And we will see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.